Greetings from the Quincy Church of the Nazarene in Quincy, Washington. My name is Pastor John Hardiman, and I'm glad you chose to join us today. Today's date is August 29, 2021, and my sermon text is found in James chapter 1, starting at verse 17. Again, it's James chapter 1, starting at verse 17. James starts out, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not put it, duh, excuse me, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what, forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his, re his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The reading of God's word. We bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in this passage of scripture, <laughs> James doesn't uh, mince words. He gets right down to the point. So, Father, as we uh, look at the text today, as we examine it, and Lord, as we apply it to our lives, that we would not be like the man who uh, uh, looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. But, Lord, we will hear your word and we will put it into practice. We will do what it says. And Father, we examine our religion, our Christian walk. And Lord, may we uh, be found fitting in your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. James starts out his letter by clarifying who God is. <laughs> James knows that our view of God makes all the difference in how we see him in our lives. Highlighting what I did not read in the first part of James, uh, going through trials, <laughs> James says to take heart and be of good cheer because that means God, that means God cares and that He will use it to help you grow. Lacking wisdom, then ask God who gives abundantly and without finding fault. But do not ask if you do not believe that God can deliver. Whether poor or rich, it does not matter in God's eyes. But recognize this. Life is fragile. Here today, but gone tomorrow. 
In verse 12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who loved him, who loves him. And God does not tempt people. God does not tempt people. Then James uses verse 16 to bring us back on track. 16 says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. And then our text. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. The correct view to have, a, to have of God is that he is a generous God. The phrase, Father of the heavenly lights, lends towards God's creative majesty and his sovereign power. It is this God who wants to bring us perfect gifts from above. It is this God who chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. This is a beautiful uh, verbiage stating that God chose to be generous to us today by offering us new birth, a kind of first fruits. A new birth and first fruits, once again, takes on the backdrop of the creation story with vision of God uh, creating something new from nothing, or in our case, taking damaged goods and making it worthwhile. Down with the view of the Greek mythology where a cruel, judgy, long-bearded God pass, passing down judgments, or some goddess of fertility. Our God is a generous God, not wanting anyone to perish. He brings good things from heaven above. Next, James goes into how we should live our lives with others. The desired result in these, of these instructions is stated, is stated in verse 20. To bring about the righteous life that God desires. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Someone said God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason so we would talk less and hear more. Then you add anger to the mix, now we have real problems. How many times have we spoke out of anger? Seldom does it bring about the righteousness God desires for us. There is a reason people give the advice to count to 10 before one speaks. <laughs> By the time I get to five or six, I start to see the wisdom in holding my tongue. James says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. The English phrase, get rid of all, is translated from the Greek that means to end it now, to put a stop to it. From here on out, you are to get rid of it and never do it again. In this case, all moral filth. James does not clarify which filth or evil that is so prevalent but given the day we are living in, we have no shortage of examples of how mankind can be. The verse goes on to say, Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. In essence, take off the filthiness of sin and, humble, and humbly accept the saving word instilled in you. The Apostle Paul said it a little differently, Ephesians 4.22, you were taught with regard to the former way of life 
to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by the deceitful, its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. <laughs> then James states in verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. This concept is vital to Christ's followers. God still speaks today. When we stop to read and cherish God's word, God will reveal truths to you, to us. One of my pet peeves with modern Bibles are the running Bible commentaries, where one reads a section of the Bible and immediately be able to read what the commentary has to say about it. When you do that, I'm telling you, you are no longer listening to God, but to a person's thoughts and ideas on this matter. This is not a judgment uh, of their character or their commitment to God. It is a statement. The commentator, the commentator uh, has generalized a portion of scripture based on their experience and educational background. With great confidence, I say that they do not know what you are going through right now. At your age, in the same relationships, the same job, or even from the same part of the country. God wants to speak into your life where you are right now. Right? Today, James uh, Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible is the living word speaking to you where you are today, right now. I remember sharing something from the Bible with a, a librarian. She stated, how do you know since there are so many versions today out there? I stated that every version that I've read have said the same thing, but in a different way. I agree, <clears throat> I agree with the old preacher who stated that the best version of the Bible was the red version, the R-E-A-D version. James says, do not merely listen to the word, do what it says. Otherwise, you are deceiving yourselves. Verse 25, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. I like the living translation that puts a little different twist. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Next, James transitions to our religion. <laughs> if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. I struggle with the word religion and its variants. I feel like James would turn in his grave if he knew how many religions have been created from the simple gospel of Christ. Although 85% of the world's population identifies with a religious group of some kind, James is referring to the Jews who believe Jesus is the Son of God. 
the truth the truth about religions is that religions cannot save anyone. Salvation can only be found through the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ can save you. To the Christ followers today, James' message is clear. You have to control your tongue. God's message, <clears throat> God's word is to be demonstrated in our speech. One way others will know whether or not our faith is real is by the way we choose to talk about what we choose to talk about and the way we speak. James does not specify how the tongue might offend, but we can imagine a series of ways that our speech dishonors God. Gossips, angry outbursts, harsh criticism, complaining, judging, <laughs> the list can go on. The old adage says our action speaks louder than our words. James suggests that our words must match our actions. If it does not match, our religion is worthless. Put another way, if our words do not match our walk, our testimony for Christ is worthless. James does not leave us hanging. He tells us what actions are pleasing to God. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this. To look after orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Like Jesus, James explains religion in terms of our inner faith that plays itself out in our daily life. Our conduct must match our walk with God. The early church mentions orphans and widows often because they were vulnerable and most likely to be poor in their day. The widows because they were not included in the Jewish inheritance. They, were, uh, they could not get jobs, and their inheritance went to their oldest sons. It was expected that the widows would be taken care of by their families, and so the Jews left them with very little economic support. Consequently, unless a family member was willing to care for them, they were reduced to begging, Selling themselves as slaves are starving. Likewise, orphans had no one to adopt them. Orphans who had no one to adopt them were left in, with similar options, begging, slavery, or starving. By caring for these powerless people, the church put God's word into practice. James' words are relevant to us today. For we have widows and orphans in our cities as well. Looking after hurting people is a stressful, is stressful work. Yet, it is what God recognizes as right and pure in his sight. We are called to be involved. Then James adds, keeps ourselves from being corrupted by the world. We need to commit ourselves to Christ as in what he has teaches what he teaches. We are not to adapt to the world value system based on money, power, or pleasure. True faith means nothing if we are contaminated by such values. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, James uh, does not pull many punches as he tells us how we are to walk in the kind of uh, a walk that is pleasing to God. 
He is uh, uh, not pulling any punches as he tells us that we must uh, uh, hear uh, more and talk less. And I ask that you would uh, help us, Father, to be able to uh, learn ways to apply this message into our lives. Because truly, Father, we want to be pleasing in your sight. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next week, God bless you.